producing From listening to records, I just knew what to do. I mainly taught myself. And, you know, I did pretty well. Except there were a few mistakes, but, uh, but I made it. Uh, I have just recently cleared up. continue to be able to express myself as best as I can in history. And I feel like I have a lot of work to do still. You know, I'm a student of the drums. And I'm also a teacher of the drums too. You know? <laughs> Welcome back to Start Here FM. It's been a while, starting out with some DJ Shadow, mixing it up a bit, no intro. I drop in some of these thoughts that I've been having and some of these experiments that I've tried to just sort of give you the, the, the things that I really wish I understood four years ago. I really desperately wish I understood these things four years ago like I do now. And it's only through my act of trying them as an experiment that I've realized how important these things are. So I'm going to touch on food briefly and I'm going to touch on exercise briefly and then I'm going to touch on with exercise I'm going to touch on priorities and let's just dive right in so food has been a challenge for me for a long time I'm not overweight I'm not anything like that but you know I've been I've since I left moved out of my parents house growing up in the south we ate a lot of fried food and food like that homemade meals though my parents are amazing and since I left and moved out on my own, I previously lived with a lady friend who ended up doing a lot of the cooking, which was amazing, but it's been many, many years since that has been the situation. I actually was in a rhythm of ordering takeout every single day, takeout. And it wasn't pizza all the time, but it was, you know, takeout, like just anything that I could get because I didn't want to cook so badly. I, I hate cooking so much. I, I'm kind of a little bit OCD and cleaning and dealing with cooking in general is such a nightmare for me uh, mentally that I just never wanted to do it. So I would just order out. I would get, you know, uh, Thai food or Chinese food or pizza or a burger. And the way I would justify it is I will eat small meals. So what I did was I would have typically one meal per day and it would be whatever I ordered out. And I said to myself, well, if I just intermittently fast throughout the day and then have one shitty meal, it's not that bad. Couple this with me not exercising. Um, couple this with me being overly stressed at work and such. It just, it ended up being a bad, a bad thing for me. Um, fast forward me doing that for six, seven months, eight months, nine months, almost a year, I think. Probably, yeah, about a year. I had, like, I started having medical problems. And, you know, it was all related to my stomach. Like, the medical issues were centered around my stomach. And it's funny because I didn't even at the time think that they were related. I didn't even necessarily see what was so bad about what I was doing. And I still don't technically see what's so bad about it. I don't understand the science or the biology to tell you why it's bad to eat that food. Um, I haven't read any food books. I don't read these. I don't watch these food documentaries because I get it. It's all bad. There's a few things that we can eat that are, you know, I, I had that mentality for so long. 
so what I tried was, okay, well, I'm going to do an experiment. What I did was um, I ordered two things. I ordered Soylent. So I, I told myself, okay, I'm not going to... So the first thing is identify the problem. The problem is I, I'm not going to cook, period. And that's the problem. Because if I can't cook, I can't make myself fresh meals. And if I'm not going to make myself fresh meals, the problem is I'm eating shitty, right? So what I did was I said, okay, I'm going to try an experiment where for two weeks... And I, I didn't put a time on, a limit a time limit on it because I'm kind of a spontaneous person. So I, I, I spontaneously came up with this and did it for a spontaneous amount of days. But it ended up being about two weeks or three weeks. What I did was I first ordered Soylent. I noticed online that you can get Soylent shipped now in five or six days. I've got a, a bit of it right here in front of me. That's what made me want to record this episode real quick. So I ordered Soylent. Uh, it comes in powdered form, so I got like seven packages with the first order of Soylent. And basically, if you don't know what Soylent is, got it right here. It is basically uh, four servings per pouch. Each serving has 500 calories, uh, which is kind of like a meal. And each serving has 25 grams fat, 380 milligrams sodium, 880 milligrams potassium, 7 grams fiber, 19 grams sugar. It's not as quite as bad as you think with the sugar because it's, it's a specific type of sugar. And then it's got 25 grams protein per serving. Each bag has about four servings. I got a ton of that. But what I said to myself was, okay, I did, I did all the research and I found out that it's not so great to just consume Soylent alone because it's, it's not the best thing in the world. It's not anywhere near as bad as pizza and burgers, but it's just, it's not good to consume it 100%. So what I did along with the Soylent was I ordered a home delivery frozen food chef uh, service that wasn't that expensive. I mean, it was literally $170 for a week of food, three meals a day. And I didn't even need all the three meals uh, because of the Soylent. I was supplementing some of the meals with Soylent. So it ended up lasting me two weeks. So that's where I get this two-week figure. And I chose to order the menu plan that was uh, called low-carb. And so it had no bread. It was for people with diabetes or something like that. It was like no bread. Um, it was. It's a very specific meal plan. And it turns out the chefs that make these meals and ship them, they're actually very good. It was like it was a lot of chicken, a lot of turkey, a lot of vegetables, and a lot of steaks. But it was always like stuffed, like chicken stuffed with vegetables. And if for $170, you get three meals a day. Um, the service that I used was called Diet to Go. They don't ship everywhere in the U.S., but if they ship to you, try it out. So fast forward me doing this for two days, right? So I get the meals. I say to myself, okay, all the shitty food, all the pizza, stuff like that, that's all stopping. And I put all the food in my freezer, got the Soylent, uh, set it aside, got it all ready. First day, second day, did a little Soylent, uh, ate one meal or two meals. No big deal. Um, third day, I started to notice my face had just like catastrophe, uh, broken out in, a, in an absolute catastrophe and it was hilarious because I used to have a lot of ton problems with acne when I was a child and it was mostly related I found out due to my soda consumption I would drink soda as a kid all day every day um, miracle that I don't have diabetes from that now 
knock on wood, but um, it was ironic to me that when you eat healthy, I got all this acne. So I went online and I researched and I found out that is a common reaction to people that have been eating so poorly for so long and then they switch to eating clean. Their face goes through this purge. Their whole body does this in some sense. And that was what was happening to me. So that was kind of like a motivating thing. I was like, holy crap, this is having such an f- impact on my body that my face is, is purging itself of um, sort of the negative things that had been beneath the surface. I don't know the science behind this. I'm just telling you my own personal experiences. So anyway, fast forward, you know, a couple more days you know, I'm getting like the cravings for like carbs really. So this is a completely no carb diet. I'm getting the cravings for carbs and everything. And I allow myself one cheat day per week. So I decided, okay, well, I'm going to do what Tim Ferriss recommends. And he does the slow carb diet, which is basically no carbs, which is kind of like what I was doing. And he says it's okay to do one uh, cheat day per week. And again, I don't know the science. His book goes into the science of this. I'm just not a scientific data type person. So I don't, I don't know. Uh, I don't keep that type of data in my head, but it was nice. It was great. I, I, um, what did I do? I had some kind of cheat meal. It wasn't like a pizza or a burger. It was actually a cheat meal that I enjoyed. I think I went to the corner store and got these breakfast burritos that they home make and stuff. And it was like amazing. It was so delicious. And I was like eating this. I ate like a ton of them that day. And I was on a calorically restricted diet with the Soylent and the no carb meals. I was probably on like a 1200 calorie per day diet. And this one day I ate like 2,500 calories. Again, I wasn't keeping track. I'm just uh, guessing here, but it was great. And, And that day satisfied a lot of my, my, um, my urges to consume carbs. Now, why, why am I saying this? Why am I even telling you the story at all? Well, here's the thing. After doing this for two weeks, what I noticed was a dramatic shift in my mood, a dramatic shift in my mental state, my clarity, a dramatic shift in my energy, a dramatic shift in my motivation. I mean, guys, it was night and day. I mean, absolutely night and day, and I've never in my entire life experienced anything as dramatic as changing my diet. And it's, and just so you know, it's not something that I was able to maintain because it is a little bit costly to order from that service that I was specifying. It ended up being like $200 a week, which that kind of adds up, you know, and so I'm not, I'm not able to do that right now because I can't afford it, but Now that I've, the reason I'm telling you this is because now that I know how much of an impact altering my diet had on me, I am going to, I have been, uh, in my, in the ways that I can afford it. And as soon as I can afford it again, we'll be ordering from that service again, because I know how important it is now. Only people have been telling me this for years. You know, I've been, I watch all the videos and stuff. People have been telling me this for years, but I never got it. Right. I just never got it. I was like, well, whatever, I'll go get a burger and whatever, I, you know, how can that have any less energy? How can that give me any less energy than, than a chicken and veggies? Like, I don't, I don't understand. And the thing is one meal, if you substitute one meal, a burger for chicken and veggies, it's probably not going to have any impact on you whatsoever. But after doing it for weeks and weeks, two weeks, what I found was, you know, all those benefits, um, and, a, and a dramatic decrease in a lot of the negatives in my life, a lot of the negative patterns that I had been 
that I had accumulated have had gone away in some sense because I didn't feel I almost didn't feel appropriate doing those negative patterns when I had so much positive patterns going on with my diet. And that was what was funny was the diet was the catalyst to other positive changes. And so that's the first thing I wanted to tell you. We, I wanted to talk about diet and food a little bit and my struggles with it. Um, again, I, you know, now that I've realized how important that is, I, I've made it a priority in my life. And I just wanted you all to, to rethink. A lot of you that listen to this podcast are older than me. I'm 28. A lot of you I know that our listeners are in your 30s and 40s and even 50s. And you're trying to switch careers into web development. So you, told, you probably already know this. And if you do and you've been eating healthy and you've experimented with your diet and all that stuff, that's totally fantastic. And I, I would applaud you and you know say keep going, keep working on your diet and perfecting it. And when you can afford it, doing things that make it easy to eat well, right? So this concept of uh, approaching a situation and asking yourself, what would this look like if it were easy? Well, for me, it would be ordering some food that, that appears in, the, in a mail in a frozen package that I just put in my freezer and then microwave. And yeah, there's all these negatives about microwaving, but it's vastly better than what I was doing. Don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good, right? So I, I you know... Now that I know this, being a younger person that's, that's starting to approach my middle ages, I'm realizing how important these things are. And again, if you've already realized that, totally awesome. And I'm sorry that this content is not valuable to you specifically, but everybody that's younger than me or has not experimented or has lived on their own and has been eating a poor diet, please, 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 if you can, experiment for just a week. You don't have to even do two weeks. Experiment for just a week. And in fact, you don't even have to specify how long. Just experiment with a clean diet. And if you don't like cooking, you don't like making your own salads, you don't like going to the grocery store, etc., you don't have time for it, etc., uh, find a service that will deliver food to you. I know that everybody listening to this can afford it for one week. Even if you're really financially strapped, like I was, you can afford it for one week just to try it out, Right? That's all. Just try it for one week. And I can guarantee you that you'll see somewhat dramatic change in your overall lifestyle from that. In, in, I can say that with absolute confidence. Dramatic change in your overall lifestyle. Your entire life will be impacted by this change. And in a minute, when we come back, I'm going to talk about the next thing, which is... A, which segues from diet into exercise. So when I say that diet impacted my entire lifestyle, it actually made me start exercising for the first time in my entire life. Being a 28-year-old person who's never really overweight, I never really needed to exercise. My body just forms into a somewhat you know, normal to good-looking state. I don't really need to exercise. But as we all know, we all get skinny fat. Right, So I was having that same problem as I got older in my 20s. And it was only through dietary change that I had the motivation to start exercising. And in a minute, when we come back, we're going to discuss my experiments with exercising, what I do to make it easy for myself, how I set up those habits of exercise, and how it's impacted uh, my programming, my web development, 
my management of web developers in my own company. So stay tuned. Welcome back. Next, I wanted to touch on exercise and why I find it so important now after basically a life of never exercising. And, you know, again, this content might not be valuable to you if you're younger or older and you've just for some reason always had the habit of every single day or every other day uh, exercising, doing some kind of exercise, be it running, rowing, biking swimming, a sport of some type, or going to the gym every day. It doesn't have to be any specific type. I just found that any bit of exercise makes a massive difference. And so let, let me dive into what I mean by that. So after I made the dietary changes that I specified previously, what that did was it gave me this weird motivation that I've never noticed before. That's why I say weird, to exercise. and. The first multiple times exercising was extremely difficult and, and painful, not only physically due to the delayed onset muscle soreness, but also mentally. I had found that I had all these weird mental statements that I would say to myself as I was coming back from exercising. Like the feeling that you get, for instance, as an example, after you run, that like winded uh, feeling, you know that feeling, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, there's a certain weird feeling that you, your body gets when you're running or doing significant exercise where you feel just a little bit different. And for some reason, my entire adulthood, I associated that feeling to pain. And so emotionally and mentally, I was capping my ability to actually exercise because anytime I started to feel that pain, I was like, oh, okay, back to this again. And I would always think very negatively about exercise due to the emotional and mental states it would give me. And a lot of the times after exercising, I'd be extremely tired. I'd try to do it in the morning or the afternoon. Um, and I would just be like exhausted for the rest of the day. And here's why. Exercising for somebody that doesn't ever exercise requires, or at least for me, it requires so much cognitive willpower that it completely taps me out for the entirety of the day. And that's still true today. I have only been doing this for about a month, and that's why I'm writing this or recording this because it's had such an impact on me. And I will say, it still is by far the most cognitively challenging thing that I do all day. Not creatively challenging, but cognitively challenging. The, lo the cognitive load and of decision making that it takes me to go and exercise is so extreme that it will completely emotionally drain me for the rest of the day and make me extremely tired. Not, not even physically. I won't be physically tired, but I'll be completely emotionally exhausted, basically ruined for the rest of the day, unable to do any work. And I assume that will go away once I get into a rhythm of exercising. I've talked to a number of people that run 
uh, for, that have been running for 10 years and, and they don't experience that anymore, but they said the same, a similar thing when they first started running. So here's some ways that I've managed to overcome that. And you might, if you're, if you're listening to this and you've never, you know, exercised or you struggle with it like I do, I hope that this can add some value to you because it will make a difference in your web development. It will make a difference in your programming. The first thing that I did was experiment with when to exercise. So I, I moved into a place that next door has a like mini gym and there's a rower, a bike machine, and I, I can go on a run whenever I want in the community. Now, I have extreme anxiety, so I don't like going on runs during the day because I have such bad social anxiety that when people look at me, I my mind literally goes a thousand miles a minute about what they're judging me about. And it's so extreme that it's it's honestly very very bad and I'm working on dealing with that and that's a separate issue that I'm working on handling and funny enough diet and exercise changes have allowed me to have the emotional tools to handle other problems in my life like that you know so I might go talk to a, a psychiatrist about it or something you know where previously I never had the emotional ability because I was always so like, well, before I do that, I should at least start exercising, right? So now I'm doing some of the good habits in life and it's allowing me to unlock other things that I need to do. So because I can't exercise during the day, I can't have people look at me. And I, I know for a lot of you, that sounds ridiculous. Um, but if you have anxiety, you know, I don't take any medication for it. I've never taken medication in my life. Um, but it's, it's pretty bad. So if you have anxiety, you know what I'm talking about. If you don't, you think that sounds absurd. And I respect that. If you, if you think that sounds absurd, I totally respect that. And in fact, I love that. Please keep running with that. Keep thinking that what I'm saying sounds absurd about anxiety. Anytime you hear somebody talking about anxiety that way, continue thinking that sounds absurd because you're further distancing yourself from experiencing that pain. And I love that. I want all of you to never experience that. I'm sure you have your own problems and, and challenges, but that one specific one, if you can distance yourself from it and say, I'm not a person that ever experiences that, good. Keep thinking that. It will help you. Um, anyway, so for me, what I did was I, I said, okay, well, what if I work out at night? That's a little weird. And then I read it a little bit, and I found out a lot of people work out between 5 and 6 p.m., um, which is a good time when your body has the most strength. I, I, I don't know any science behind this, but I've, I heard somebody say that, and it seemed right. So I said, okay, well, maybe it's not that weird. And so first thing I had to overcome was like my own weird factor, like my own, is this too weird kind of thing? Um, then what I did was I tried it. I overcame that weird factor and I said, you know what, if somebody's driving by at night and sees me running or trying to run and struggling and out of breath like a dying, you know, gorilla or something, uh, that's fine. And so at night, I was able to manage the social anxiety and the weird factor better. So I tried working out at night. What I found was it was incredibly successful and it was successful because of a few specific things and a few specific ways that I approached it. Now I've been doing it for about a month and I'll, I'll go through sort of exactly what I do in a, in a given day, 
But the reason I was able to maintain that habit of working out at night was, was a few different things. Let me touch on them here. Number one, I set the goal really small. So, for instance, I do not like... Well, okay, so actually let me back up. Number one is the entry from working out to not working out. So, so here's my problem. If I'm sitting, I, I do a lot of sitting because I'm a programmer and knowledge worker. The, the delta between sitting and exercise of physically moving my body in an extremely strenuous way that produces sweat and accelerated heart rate, that delta is so emotionally painful because of how much I have not worked out in my past that it's basically impossible for me to just get up right now, go to the gym, and start pumping iron. It, it's basically impossible because um, the 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 delta from from state from sitting to not working out to vigorously exercising, like just getting up right now and going to run, like that's basically impossible because that delta is too vast for me personally. For you, it might not be. If, you're, if you've never exercised, please ask yourself if these are the same problems you're experiencing because subconsciously they could be. So as I'm saying these, ask yourself the same questions. So th I noticed the delta was too small or too big, too vast for me to like just boom, I'm exercising. So what I did was I decided to look up what is the lowest impact exercise that one can do. Walking is pretty good. Well, I could go on a walk. That's no big deal. Um, and then biking, like a stationary bike, a, going, uh, a stationary bike is, is almost, it, it's literally a worse exercise than walking. A lot of websites say it, it produces, it burns less calories. It, it literally barely does much, right? It's just a stationary bike. Most people pedal very slowly. I do as well. Um, so most people are like, what, what's the purpose? I might as well have not worked out at all if I'm using a bike. So what I did was I noticed that the delta was too large to just immediately work out. So what I did was I started going on walks before my workouts, before my exercises at night. I would go on a walk around the block for just 10 minutes. Or I would get on the bike for just 10 minutes, and that's it. The stationary bike or go on a walk for just 10 minutes, that's it, done. That is a very realistic, small, and achievable goal. Then, once I'm on the bike, or once I've walked for a, a, a brisk amount of time, the bike is really what changed this for me. The walking was great, but the bike is really what changed it for me. After I've been on the bike for about 20 minutes, what I'll do is I'll typically be listening to some kind of audiobook. And, and actually, what I had to do for the first like 20 times that I exercised was while I was on the bike, I had to listen to a motivational Navy SEAL talk about physical fitness because I, I just basically um, one of the tricks that I was given was if you can't do something that you know is good for you try to bring as much emotion into it as humanly possible at the decision time so when I'm on the bike I know that after the bike I can go home I can walk back to my house or I can get up and I can go to the rower and rower is, if you row hard, it's a very intense workout. And I sweat profusely. It's extremely taxing. Um, it's a great workout. Running is also really good. So 
what I said to myself was, okay, well, I'm going to bring as much emotion into this as possible on this easy bike uh, situation. So I, I'm on the easy situation. I'm, I'm doing the biking. It's very easy because it's low impact. Barely any calories are being burned. I don't feel like that delta between sitting and, and exercising is very large. It's very small. I'm, I'm still sitting. Biking, I'm still sitting. It's not a big deal. Um, and in fact, I, I'd sometimes be reading or playing a game on my phone. It's almost like I'm not exercising at all, right? So I would bring as much emotion as I possibly could into that moment while I was on the bike. And for the first 20 times, it was very difficult, and it still is. But then after the bike, I'm way more motivated and in a better state to get off the bike and go do other workouts. It could be free weights, it could be rowing, it could be running, and etc. So now I'm at the point where I make sure that each individual exercise that I do is so small minute-wise that it's very achievable. So bike for 10 minutes, row for 10 minutes. Just And actually, I started out rowing for five minutes. Five minutes, guys, I'm telling you, it passes in the blink of an eye. And all of this thinking that you have in your brain, like, well, he's only exercising for five minutes. What's the point? Uh, I read online, you can't even reverse eight hours of sitting with an hour in the gym. So what's the point? What's the point? All that, that's some defeatist mindset. I did that to myself for tons of years. Don't do that. If I can give you any advice, please don't think that way. Or let yourself think that way, but then just try to undo that if you can. Because that's not helpful, guys. It's better to physically move your body in any way you can for as many minutes as you can every single day, no matter what. There, no matter what. If you can move your body in some way for any minutes, it's better than zero. Um, so, five minutes on the rower, ten minutes on the bike. Um, listen to a motivational tape on the bike. Go on the rower, continue listening to the motivation, row as hard as I could for five minutes, as hard as humanly possible. Arms are burning, chest is burning, back is burning, etc. Um, then, you know, sometimes I would be done, right? A lot of the times that's it for the first bunch of exercises. Other times maybe that I go on a run uh, next, maybe other times I go on a walk next, or maybe other times I do some free weights next or, or do some um, resistance band stuff next, etc. So by making sure that the delta between sitting and exercising was small and it was a slow ramp into a accelerated heart rate, a slow ramp into an accelerated heart rate. So the bike, I would slowly pedal faster and faster throughout. And coupled, coupled that habit with the habit of choosing small time frames for each individual exercise has been a game changer for me. So now I'm at the point where every single night in between 11 p.m. and 2 a.m. when I'm done with my work for the day, which is always about that time, no matter what, unless I'm taking a day off. There could be a day where I'm taking a day off because I, I still get, because I'm still new to this, I, I get delayed onset muscle soreness extremely bad sometimes. And actually, recently, this week, that's been going away a little bit. So what I'll do is I will sit there. I'll, uh, basically, it'll be 11 p.m. And most people are like going to bed and all this stuff. And I get, even, oh, sorry, let me back up before I tell you my exact schedule. Um, one other habit, the most, probably one of the most important habits that I 
did to achieve this exercise, consistent exercise, is to post accountability pictures on my social. So every time I finish exercising, I take a snap of the bike or take a snap of the uh, row machine. And then I would basically send that out to my social and be like, daily accountability picture, here it is. And I would, that's it. I would just post it. And I wouldn't expect any sort of people to be like applauding me or anything. It's just for my own self to have a place that I can kind of hold myself accountable. Um, and one thing that's interesting is everybody is motivated by different things. Um, there's actually a book about this. I don't know what the book's called, but I read it a while ago and it broke down the different motivations into different things that most people are motivated by. I think it was like money, status, mastery, power, stuff like that. One of my biggest motivators is status. That sounds stupid. You can judge that all you want, whatever, but it works for me. So what I'll do is I'll post on my social, my workout, and it gives me a feeling of status that motivates me greatly. And yes, that's boosting my ego and ego is the enemy and Ryan Holiday's book, Ego is the Enemy is Amazing, blah, blah, blah. But I don't care because it's, it's allowing me to achieve the daily habits that I know will benefit me in the long run, right? This is a long game. My ego can bloom a little bit if it's going to let me achieve some of the things that I know are good for me. So those are the habits. Those are the three habits um, that I use to, to successfully exercise daily or every other day. Now, the, the exact uh, routine that I, that I do now that you might want to adopt, um, I'll tell you the routine that I used for the first two weeks when it was the hardest in my routine now. And I'm only a month in just like the eating thing, I'm only like a month in, but it's had a dramatic impact. I'm just absolutely dramatic in my confidence, specifically in my confidence. It hasn't given me a ton more energy yet. It hasn't done anything like that, but I find that it has impacted my confidence greatly. So here's my routine for the first two weeks that I did it. It was sitting down 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. because again, I experimented and I found that nighttime was best for me. 11 p.m. to 1 a.m., I'm sitting there. I get up. I walk over to the bike, the stationary bike. I do 20 minutes on the bike at the community center, um, 20 minutes. Then I, again, I listen to a motivational tape while on the bike. Then I got off the bike while I'm super motivated. My heart rate is a little bit accelerated from the biking. Then I went to the rower, and I rode for five minutes hard. That's it. Done. And I would walk home. I'd walk home do whatever other stuff I needed to do. Typically would have some protein after or before. Then uh, some days in the first two weeks, I would switch up. I would go on a, a walk for 20 minutes and then I would bike for 20 minutes and then I would row for five minutes. And then I started doing that over and over. I would walk for 20 minutes, bike for 20 minutes, then row for five minutes. And I found that was pretty cool. And then I started rowing for 10 minutes and kept everything else the same, protein afterwards, protein before, etc. But 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. would do this all the time. Um, and it is summer, so maybe during the winter I'll have a little bit more challenge with this. But anyway, for now, this is great. Then, that so that was my schedule for the first two weeks. 
And that worked really well for me. If you're struggling with moving your body, um, you're working as a, at a, uh, you know, if you have kids, I don't think this applies to you. I think if you have kids, you're constantly running around, just going to the store a thousand times a day or whatever. I don't, I don't know what it's like, but I see people that live near me that have kids. They're always running around. So for me though, I live alone. I don't have kids. I work on the computer. I literally sit here all day. So, um, this has been extremely impactful for me. I hope some of you listening are in a similar situation so that you can take value from this or extract any value from it. So then I'll t- now I'll tell you my exercise routine f- uh, for the past couple weeks and uh, how it's evolved. Not much, right? Not much. It's only been a couple weeks. So now what I do is I will go outside. I don't do any stretching. I, I, I just, you know, one thing about me is I've been th- one thing that I've come to realize is I need to not do things that I'm not naturally motivated to do. And that's something that I'll fix over time. But for right now, I'm starting new habits and it's so emotionally taxing that I can't, I don't have the emotional ability to sit down for 10 minutes and stretch. Like I just can't do that. One day I will be able to do that when the exercise is less emotionally taxing and I have more emotional um, capability to do other things. So for now, I don't stretch at all. So what I do is I'll 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. I'll go outside and I'll run. I'll run nonstop for as long as I can. Typically, that's between 10 minutes and 20 minutes. And I found it fun to use Nike Run, uh, this app on my phone called Nike Run, I think. And I, I screenshot it and I send it out to my social as well so that I'm doing that motivation thing for myself. So I'll run for nonstop run, no stops, no breaks um, for as long as I can. And typically that's 20 minutes and I just go in circles. I'll go around my block, my neighborhood, and then I'll look at my watch and it's been five minutes and I'll do it again. And I look at my watch, it's been five minutes and I'm like, oh wow, I just ran a mile. Very slow, 10 minute pace, very, very slow pace to, to a professional runner. That sounds extremely slow, but for me, it's been great. And so I'll do that, and then I'll do that again two more times, and I see it's been 20 minutes. Great. Then what I'll do is I'll go in to the gym, and I will – it's late. Nobody's there. So what I'll do is I will have – I'll jump on the, the exercise bike, the stationary bike, 20 minutes. Sometimes I'm doing 30 minutes on the bike now. Um, now, because I don't need so much motivation on the bike section, what I'll do is I'll read a book or listen to an audiobook. And the same with the run. Sometimes the run is very hard and I need motivation, but sometimes the run's easy and I can listen to an audiobook. So it just depends. Then after my 20 minutes on the bike, what I do is 20 minutes, required 20 minutes on the rower. And this has been the most impactful thing for my upper body. Um, 20 minutes required on the rower and very, very hard rowing, like very, very hard and doing all kinds of different rows. So moving my arms around in all kinds of different ways to activate different muscles in my arms, neck and back and chest. And I'll just do that for 20 minutes. At the end of it, I am totally done. I am completely cashed out. The 20 minutes sometimes is very hard. Last night it was hard. Um, I looked up and it was like six minutes in and I was like, oh my God, how is this going to go on forever? So what I did was I put on that motivational tape. And one thing that I do is I listen to a, a military 
running cadence where they sing these songs while they're running and it's on YouTube. I just bring my phone in, I put over-the-ear headphones on, kind of drowns out anything that I'm thinking about. Over-the-ear headphones, because they're so noise distracting, for some reason it helps me reduce my insane thoughts. I mean, my, my brain goes a mile a minute. So somehow when I put on over-the-ear headphones with something in them, um, it just reduces that greatly. So what I'll do is I'll put on a military run cadence if I notice that the row is getting very hard and I don't think I'm going to make it. And I'll put that on and I'll just sing with them. Literally, it's it's 1 a.m. Nobody is in the gym. I don't care. I'm doing whatever I possibly can do emotionally to complete this daily ritual that I know will help myself. So I'll sing with the cadence. And I don't care if anybody comes in and hears me because I'm not disturbing them. If I was doing this at 5 p.m., I would be disturbing other people in the gym and that would be negative. So I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it if that was the case. I don't want to disrupt other people, right? I want to be polite. So I wait till 1 a.m. to do this. And this is another reason I love working out at 1 a.m. Because I can do whatever weird-ass shit that I need to do to motivate myself to complete these workouts. You know, and it sounds like I'm doing a lot to... It sounds like I'm really putting a lot of emotional motivation into this to do these little tiny workouts. But if, you're, if you've at all struggled with this, you know where I'm coming from. And if you haven't, you have no idea where I'm coming from. Again, if you like the eating thing, like the anxiety thing, if you don't know, if you don't have no context for this, what I'm talking about, and you're like, oh, I've just been able to do that easily my entire life, that is amazing, and I, I love that, and I would suggest that you continue that. Uh, but for anybody that's that knows what I'm talking about, that type of struggle, um, it, this is this is probably very hits hits home for some people. So. What I'll do is I'll do all these weird things. I'll sing and stuff like that to make it make it um to make me able to get through that 20 minutes on the rower. And I'm I'm rowing hard as I can, literally as hard as I possibly can. Now, one other trick that I use when I'm running and I'm at like minute 15, or I'm rowing and I'm at minute 15 and it's hard as hell. What I do is I tell myself, and this is a trick I got from somebody online. I tell myself I'm in the push through. So push through, push, T-H-R-U, push through. Like I'm, I'm in the push through phase. So that means at minute 15 when I'm like, fuck, I'm done, I'm done. I just want to stop, I want to stop, I want to stop. And that's all you're telling yourself. My muscles hurt, I feel so bad. I think I'm hurting my back. I think I just messed up my neck. All this stuff, like your brain's going haywire. Just tell yourself, I'm in the push through. I'm in the push-through phase. And what you'll do is you actually push. It, it basically kind of gives you this level of self-awareness where you feel enlightened in some way for a minute. And it, it allows you to have that second wind to complete the workouts. And that's what I do. That's what I do. Those are all the habits that I use to successfully um, achieve a, a daily or um, every other day exercise habit. And it's something I've never been able to do in my entire life, and now I'm doing it, and it's been amazing. And I will continue to do it using these habits and strategies. So, I will wrap it up there, but I just wanted to end on one point. And this is a relevant point for any um, knowledge worker. If you could, somebody told me this once and I thought it was bullshit. He said, if you could have the, the choice of either working out or making money, always choose working out. So as a knowledge worker, for instance, 
you could you have the choice, right? You could sit down at your desk and do some work, or you could go exercise. This person told me he's a, he's a multimillionaire. He said, "Always choose exercise. Always choose your body first." And I was like, "That's BS. Like that is some BS if I've ever heard it. That's what people say when they're rich. You know what I mean? That's what people say when they're they've they've made it and stuff like that." Here's the thing, guys. I'm neither none of those things. I'm not rich. I struggle financially, etc. But that is the truest statement I've probably ever heard in my life. After doing a daily exercise habit for a while, I know what he means now, and I hope you find out what he means too on your own. It, it's the most important thing you can do. You know, one of my friends who makes a lot of money was recently sick, and he said he was thinking to himself, doing some mind games, and he said. I was thinking if I could give all my money away to not be sick right now, would I do it? And he was like, yeah, I actually probably would. And and that's something that we don't often think about. You know, like you only think about how grateful you are to be healthy when you're sick. So I want you to start thinking about being grateful how healthy you are today. And if you're not healthy... If you're a little bit overweight, if you're a little bit skinny fat, you know, if you're having trouble focusing at work, try this exercise routine. Try this diet change routine. These topics that I'm discussing are not in canon with the podcast. Very unusual topics. Um, and I'm giving you a lot of my own personal experiences, but I find these things to have been incredibly valuable, and I hope that you also find them incredibly valuable. I'll end it there. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you guys next time. And I would like to be able to continue to let what is inside of me, which is which comes from all the music that I hear, and I'd like for that to come out. And it's like it's not really me that's coming. The music's coming through me. The music's coming through. The music's coming through. The music's coming through. The music's coming through.